This is Talk Me Some Art and Other Stories. The bird, kind of bird, certain kind of bird, is chirping outside or singing. And I woke up pretty good this morning. I uh, had a good, good overall sleep in aggregate, as usual. Um, getting used to uh, emitting into the microphone. Um, my mouth is catching up with me. I'm getting there. My brain um, work been working. Well, been up consciously since uh, the hour of uh, oh, about well, it's the five o'clock hour. It's about quarter of five actually. 4.45 a.m. in the year of our Lord. Um, so I uh, got up and um, I think I saw my animals. I know I did. Uh, and uh, they were good. Uh, one was on the bed. Uh, sometimes, miraculously, the other day, uh, they were both on the same bed with me, at the foot of the bed, one on each side. Um and his and hers, and uh, they kept themselves and just slept. And it was a good, it was a good feeling. It's a good feeling when your when your cats can can cohabitate. I know any cat owner that has more than one cat will attest that you know it's good to get a little camaraderie. Well, not camaraderie in the sense where the cat's coming from, but uh, outward appearance to us should be you know good enough for us to to move on. Um, so they're, they're, they're great little animals to wake up with and to and from and all of that fun stuff. And, uh, they would be, uh, they're, uh, you know, he chases me in the kitchen, uh, when I get up sporadically in the night, um, uh, he, he follows me to the kitchen, cuts in front of me sometimes, uh, it's a race to the kitchen really, basically. Um, five o'clock hour, uh, he's satiated because he's been up a couple times with me, uh, uh, my, my usual, um, you know, 1130 midnight first interval, uh, awakening point, And I can explain within those awakening points what my activities are, but not to get too pedantic here. Uh, and I would say that, um, you know, it's, uh, anyway, I don't want to get off subject. I want to stay right on my subject, and that is the intent of this whole approaching of the mic this morning. Uh, the impetus is uh, that I had a good morning. Just that's all. I just want to tell tell you that um, I, uh, I've had, it's not in any contrast to my previous mornings. I've had I generally wake up in a pleasant state of mind. Um, I think if you're dreaming at night, it might help, but. Aside from that, um, maybe go to bed with some good thoughts. Maybe that's a start. Um, it's tough to do. Uh, we all have certain kind of like, well, I'm going to say, you know, we might even have animosity towards someone, let's say, going on right now in our lives. Or something, or someones. Um, because it can be more than one at one time, and that makes it even worse, right? Um it, then you then you need to kind of like maybe you know maybe this is the time where I self-reflect 
Maybe this is a time where I realize that me, yes, me, I'm talking about me because I've had these kind of feelings. Um, I think you can't live a life without having certain negativity aspects, um, but that's long gone. I don't have those kind of uh, inklings anymore. I don't go there. Um, I We've had disagreements over the, the summer uh, in family, in interfamily is, issues because, you know, your family is the most important unit with you, uh, and it's a c- companion in a sense. But it's also, uh, you know, it, you know, your family is there, and but yet at the same time, it needs to be maintained, like a marriage relationship. You, our familial relationship is uh, paramount to our well-being. If we're not getting along with our siblings, uh, then we've got. Then we've got some real issues. A lot of families are different. Family dynamics depend on, on uh, socioeconomic aspects, um, financial well-being. Um, all these aspects come into play. And family dynamics is such an interesting aspect. There's the dystopian idea of family as a as a uh, as a as a well. There's different perspectives on the family, aren't there? There's kitchen table finance, uh, kitchen table dramas of the 40s on the stage. Uh, you know, some of my favorite dramas are your kitchen table uh, dramas, uh, where a kitchen table drama, the most famous, of course, in, in that realm, uh, is your is your. It's a small play called um, it's uh, uh, the one with Dustin Hoffman. He so played it well. It's uh, Tennessee Williams' masterpiece. I'm sorry, <laughs> Arthur Miller's masterpiece, and it's uh, Death of a Salesman. Uh, uh, my friend, um, uh, my friend Dustin is one of the great seminal actors of our time. With that performance, uh, he locks himself in. As a serious, serious uh, actor, uh, not to diminish the Lee J. Cobb performance of Death of a Salesman, uh, and you know, uh, I was just thinking I can't help myself but go off a tangent here, but you know, Variety magazine Death a new is a new hit on Broadway, or Death you know how they shorten names. I was just thinking that they just shortened Death of a Salesman. There's probably just be death or could be salesman. Um, yeah, I guess salesman would say it all, right? Salesman, all you have to do is say one word there, and I think you're uh, you're you're in the, in the drama world at least. You know what we're talking about. Uh, it's a it's a sprawling sprawling piece of work. Uh, in its its immediate scope, of course, is is on the property of the of the home of the family in question um, and uh, the car is in the driveway uh, it's, it's, it's his mobility it's his um, access but he's a frustrated person who uh, wants who missed an opportunity apparently in somewhere in a in, in Alaska uh, he had an opportunity to, to hit it rich and uh, apparently that's haunted him all his life um, and haunts him still. 
Uh, his ghost of his brother keeps reappearing to him. Uh, must be a dozen times during the show, during the production. And uh, he has conversations with him. Uh, he, of course, is talking to himself. His family observes from from their perspective. You get the uh, we get we get him from a distance, and his um, silly machinations or, or mannerisms, uh, his his shuffle walking. In the case of certain performances that I notice notice noticeably notice, his shuffle walking, uh, his slipping of his shoes uh, to to make the step as he proceeds, scraping against the. Uh, the 40s, 1940s linoleum, uh, worn out of the linoleum floor of the of the Lohman family. So uh, he's 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 basically talking to himself, and he's shuffling. And that performance, by the way, is Dustin Hoffman, and uh, he is great. Now, Louis uh, Lee J. Cobb, his performance is maybe a little more stoic as would be in the older style. Um, there's a uh, there's no shuffling on the floor, supposedly. A little more sober uh, in, in the psychological sense. A little less still troubled. But, uh, uh, of course, now your physical physicality plays a role. Uh, Lee J. Cobb is your, is your sort of everyman uh, protagonist. Well, so is... So is well, yeah, so is uh, Dustin Hoffman, of course. His great performances with, with older movies and is where I recognize him in coming into the early 80s, and less so with his, uh, with his later work. But, um, he, uh, but Lee J. Cobb has that masculinity, maybe is a good point, the masculinity factor that would be in any leading man, let's say, in a Western. And Lee J. Cobb played many a Western. And uh, I'm not sure if it's Laramie. I think it's Laramie that he's he's uh, featured on, but I could be wrong about that as far as TV shows. Now the other show, the other uh, actor is Frederick Marsh. And now Frederick Marsh, March, I should say, M-A-R-T-C-H, is an American actor from the old school. Uh, who is one of those modern, uh, modern, uh, naturalistic actors. Okay. He, uh, doesn't look like he's acting when he's acting. To me, at least that's my observation. Um, he is a, uh, he is a, he is, uh, at once, um, uh, uh, empathetic. Uh, and, and another instant determined, another instant um, uh, whimsical, and in yet another instant we have him uh, as the strict, not I'm not going to say overbearer, um, but he can be a taskmaster master if he has to be. Uh, he's a type. It's a versatile character. Uh, in, in his performance on uh, with uh, Death of a Salesman uh, is an example of that. It's um, it runs the panoply, as with all the great actors, uh, and all of these three actors that I've mentioned: Dustin Hoffman, Frederick March, 
and Lee J. Cobb, and now, and, and of course, Brian Dennehy, who I don't know if I've seen that performance. I think I've seen segments of that performance. I'd like to watch that whole performance. My favorite, I'm going to say probably my favorite is just because of my familiarity with it coming up in the 80s uh, and then revisiting this is the Dustin Hoffman version. I'm the most familiar with that version. The other support cast, uh, Malkovich, John Malkovich is, is an incredible, uh, incredible, incredibly dynamic actor. Uh, he's also a very intense actor. His intensity is uh, beyond scope. He's a great, he, was, he was a great up-and-coming actor in his performance. Uh, staged to be a uh, the movie. The movie is a movie, but it's a but it's a film. It's a film or a it is a play, but it was presented as a film. But it's filmed in uh, in in the style of it being on the stage. Uh, the the uh, the walls are are one dimension, two dimensional. Uh, you can walk through uh, walls. Uh, metaphorically on that show or rather I should say uh, in the realm of the uh, the flow of it uh, the the uh, rooms are exposed the house is exposed but then it's closed off and then uh, there's closed scenes there's other scenes where uh, the office where he's uh, where he's some of the most uh, well, it's it's pathos. It's a uh, it's a uh, it's a it's hard to bear actually these scenes with him in his, his boss's office uh, in New York. He's the uh, distributor or the salesperson who represents New England, and there's a big map of Rhode Island back there, uh, New England back there, I should say with the six states and um, you know Providence is smack right there in the middle of commerce and activity uh, the influence of New England was a little more drawn into back then you know you could suck that that uh, that that vacuum and then it gets concentrates back into time and you notice that uh, the East Coast was where it really was a lot of it was happening in the 30s and 40s the West Coast was still, of course, still beginning to take hold. Los Angeles had become uh, the, by then, the fourth or third largest city in the country, possibly the fourth after Philadelphia. Uh, but in any event, it uh, it it overtook Philadelphia quickly, and then, of course, it overtook Chicago, as we know. I believe by the 1980s, the early 80s, uh, Los Angeles was pretty set as being the, uh, if it's late into the 80s, then it's surprising me. Claude's going to have to correct me on this, uh, and I know that I could ask him and he could be able to tell me instantly. Um, and uh, <laughs> and so the city is, is, you know, a couple of three million now. Um, it's having its issues politically. Uh, and, uh, and uh, as far as con congressionally, well, there's certain congressional districts that are, are in some serious situations with, uh, for instance, Los Angeles County, 
with its um, with its homeless and its uh, street people and its activity and its remnants, if you know what I mean, uh, unpleasantries of that lifestyle uh, brought to bear on a populace that's uh, that's you know used to vagrancy, used to uh, homelessness. There's no question about it. It's the city of lost dreams, Los Angeles. It's San Francisco. Same aspirations are made to move out out to there. Uh, California has magnets like that. Um, you know, San Diego. My friend lived in San Diego. Uh, uh, Joyce. She lived there for a number of years until she was. I'd like to have her on a show to talk about the earthquake. She she lived through some of the. Uh, Two of the major earthquakes that at least I'm aware of, uh, and a wildfire, and uh, but now her earthquake experience was in the activity back in the '80s when there was a little more activity. I guess uh, our awareness was was put on that side of the on, on LA, even though the San Andreas fault uh, was apparent way before in history. Um, so Joyce uh, was uh, was. This would have been so. This would have been in the '80s with 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 her days in Los Angeles and Huntington Beach area. But uh, her San Francisco days were during uh, when she lived in San Francisco. She had experiences with the um, uh, one of the one of the. One of the major uh, ones where the bridges, I believe, were shown collapse. I believe it's that earthquake, uh, and the car went through the crack there. I think Joyce was living in in San Francisco at the time, but I could be wrong. Uh, you know, the history of the '80s earthquake uh, epidemic. I'm going to say, or uh, it's amazing how. Well, it really is amazing how, in some cases. Things happen at the same time, and then and then it's very quiet. Uh, I guess that's in, that's nature. Uh, nature can have that cycle, right? Uh, it has usually has a continuum cycle of low drama, uh, you know. Uh, and uh, of course, the animal kingdom adds a lot of drama, uh, but you know, a tree is going to not really move much. Uh, so. As far as the drama, the drama in there is in the aesthetic, the beauty, uh, the grace of the tree, the vundiacity, uh, the wonderfulness of a tree, the vundiacity, uh, I'll call it, uh, for lack of a better descriptive word. Uh, I'm going to say it again, vundiacity, this sprawling tree uh, leaves... Uh, Come down and and uh, and rapture you, right? Uh, the it's the aesthetically on a hot day it's cooling. On a wintry day it seems to be shelter. Uh, on a stormy day, watch out if you're on a golf course. Uh, though um, I hear that lightning is attracted, of course, to tall objects, and a tree is going to be susceptible. And um, I know there's been fatalities related to those kind of things, uh, but aside from that, a tree is is, is a. And that's not the fault of the tree. 
that's just the fault of the tree being there uh, the wrong place at the wrong time um, as far as the lightning is concerned uh, but you know the the uh, as we as we ride or walk through I should say walk through the woods or if we walk down a, a street a corridor you know if it's Primrose Lane um, you see the beauty there uh, so the tree is magnificent. The tree is magnificent. It's a sort of a month-end review in this case. August is lined up with my review of past podcast samplings. If you just want to listen to this podcast, you could reference off from here. Or you could choose not to. Um, but my review starts with, uh, you know, you heard the glint of hope, imagination. Uh, it's, it's a story, imagination in retail, a story of my mountain bike efforts. Um, I think you did check that out. Hopefully that's the last one that we did. Um, but let's start with, let's start with, uh, let's come into place with where we kind of at, are at without overthinking this. So here's, here's where I'm going to start. Here's where I'm going to start. I'm going to start with Meditation New York Pre-Dawn, um, back August 21st. Check that out. It's in your queue, um, on Spotify or if you're on there right now or, on another on another great podcast uh, distribution uh, platform, meditation New York pre dawn, a story of a man living in uh, New York City, and he goes to buy a he doesn't go to buy he, unfortunately he, does, he doesn't go to buy anything, and I wanted to do a, another uh, part two after the fact. Uh, 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 meditation on on the same subject of the man after he's coming to his apartment what happens next um i wanted i wanted to get into the dynamics of his struggle financially why he can't afford this uh several thousand dollar uh apparatus which it is uh you don't live in new york city and aspire to dry, to buy a, a 700 dollar drum set well maybe you do uh, you know, seven eight hundred dollars is is hard earned money anywhere. Um, it, but depending on he is not poor, uh, but he's certainly not rich, and he is poor because he has nothing to tap from. He's living paycheck to paycheck. Okay, he's living paycheck to paycheck. Uh, that's just the situation that he's doing, and he doesn't. He knows he uh, he knows the backstory here. Uh, is uh, that he knows that he doesn't have the money to do much. He doesn't have a lot of mobility in New York. Um, uh, he he can't even take the cab. Uh, he goes out to eat at a diner. Uh, it's the Blue Point Diner, and it's got a cheesy Coney Island, uh, pictures of Coney Island on the inside. It's a holdover from the 50s. Um, it's attached to some other buildings that kind of uh, put it into context, context as well, but it's an anachronism, and he is there, and and that's where he, that's where the story is based out of the lamenting out of that diner, 
A lot of his activity is centered on the Blue Point. Uh, and the other aspect of it is that he has an apartment that he knows is, uh, is he's going to get out of it. It's a lonely place. It's, it's depressing him. It's demoralizing him. He realizes his weaknesses in a, in a complex city. Uh, he notices when he opens the window that the city's not stopping. Um, and he's ready to go take another nap, but not before he has his blue point special, which is, it, which is the blue plate special. It's the blue point blue plate, blue plate special. And it's, uh, it's comes with, it's basically mashed potatoes, a Salisbury steak and peas with butter. So it's, it's a, it complements your hungry man dinner anytime. Uh, so you're having, you're having your blue plate special and you're at the blue point in the middle of Manhattan. Um, and you're, you're wondering why you can't afford an apartment. Uh, what's the deal? You're living on 67th street. And you're wondering why you can't uh, you can't figure it out. You, you well, you know that you're working hard, but you have some downtime, um, and it's it's every it's every time USA it it doesn't have a date, but we know it's modern times, and that's what New York's all about. Also, I want to just go into my Jerry series from here. Um, there, there. Uh, it's we're we're talking about uh, uh, an artist that has had so many associations with with the greats, um, and so many associations with we're luckily with his band. So <laughs> obviously. Uh, so I, I talk about the, the, the fresh, uh, in two, two parts, Jerry Garcia, fresh off the press, the new Jerry Garcia collector's edition, and then, uh, new Jerry Garcia issue part two, uh, both of which I examine Jerry and his band of the renowned, uh, Grateful Dead, uh, the, uh, is, it, uh, it's wonderful for me. I, I take every opportunity to do a Jerry broadcast anytime I can. Uh, I, I try to, I try to fit it in almost. Um, intentionally, it's on my, it's on my, uh, outline structure of my shows. And that's all stored up here in my head. Uh, how I do it, I don't know. I, I figured it out that, uh, I wasn't this organized when I, um, or seemingly organized, I should say. Um, uh, when I was younger, uh, even recently in the dynamics of thing, things, not recently, but let's say within the last, oh, uh, seven or eight, nine, ten years, uh, of, of continued evolution in my world and my perspective. Um, I think what you do when you get a little older, you, you root out what's not important and you, uh, try to go towards the port, port, the part of it, uh, which is more important. And, uh, it's a, it's a, just a natural progression. There's no, uh, 
There's no uh, trick of mirrors here. There's no um, sleight of hand. This is just the way that life um, naturally uh, moves along, progresses. And we're, we're in that, we're in that uh, dynamic and uh, we, can't, we can't stay still. So uh, at least with me, my experience is I move on. I move on. Um, I uh, don't try to. Uh, I don't try to overthink, uh, and I try to take the path of least resistance. Electric Kool Aid acid test: cane and yogurt. Yogurt and cane. Uh, that's the name of my uh, podcast. That is the one that ties in a little bit with Jerry. Um, and that one is a, uh, is a exploratory. Uh, but also, I also like to get in a little bit of the uh, homespun aspect. Uh, I guess, you know, the yoga test is, uh, is the test for cane. And, uh, and, you know, Jerry's electric Kool-Aid yogurt is is a slightly different uh formulation but yet the twain do meet uh in this uh kind of connection uh or semi connection segmented out uh my safety in segmenting i always say uh if i can get a segment in also that's just uh pithy i'm going to do it i like i like multi segmented my multi segmented format um, you probably notice some different formats playing out. Um, and we're always, I'm always morphing this show. I kind of want to have it. I, it's akin to a different looking magazine cover every issue, but it's the same, it's the same, uh, production. It's the same show. Uh, so it's under the, under the umbrella of talk me some art and other stories. Uh, it, the show can run the gamut. In, in its uh, sort of directness and uh, sort of stark presentation. But at the same time, I'm trying to get in dynamic aspects of, of uh, broadcasting. Uh, the di- dynamicism is very important. Uh, I'm trying to get in that, that, hor- that, that, that diagonal line in the painting composition that sort of breaks the uh, flow, yet uh, can be... Uh, can also I want to have a modernity uh, I like the idea of new um, obviously I wouldn't be doing podcasting if I didn't like the idea of new um, there's always something to talk about it seems uh, there's blank spaces in the process I'll give you that initially when I'm trying to come up with ideas the way I work is I have them in my idea my they're there up there and I'm thinking about things, and I'm observing, and then I'm just going about. Uh, so I'll go. I'll go. Maybe uh, rarely, rarely will I uh, will I skip more than let's say three days without doing a podcast. So um, I've been hell bent on podcasting since um, since well since May when I started out in the venture. Uh, I don't think I have any April entries. I may. I may have some April, and but I don't believe there's any. I think I started this in the second week of May. But in any event, um, I 
uh, I have those reference points. So the Kool-Aid acid test, the electric Kool-Aid yogurt acid test, or electric Kool-Aid yogurt test, Kane and Jerry, that's definitely one I, I would kind of check out. Um, I think it's, uh, I think it's, you know, probably not a waste of your time. Uh, everything's, everything's, everything is subjective. English evolution. That's the story. It's, it's English evolution, a morphing of a language. That's a story of language. A-E-I-O-U with the nuns or the teachers in school that we had. Um, and it's, it's an elegant language of English that's both highly and compact at the same and highly descriptive. Um, and it's also, it's, it's, it's an, the English, well, you know, it is elegant. The, obviously the language is elegant. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's, uh, some languages take a longer time in, in expressing themselves in, in the time continuum. The sentences can be prithy and short, um, pretty flexible. Uh, is it the end all, end all? I don't know. The rather informal style of, of today contrast that we talk today, you know, when we were in the, in the old West, we, um, we had some new expressions that were coming out. Uh, where did those expressions start originating? I, I want to get to the, the the breakdown of that. That's such an interesting uh, premise, isn't it? Wouldn't it be cool to have sayings and then break them down and find out the origins of these sayings? Maybe I'll do a separate podcast on, on that. Um, maybe not. Uh, I don't know. Uh but that's that that episode. Democrats and Republicans. This one got a little uh, production set up. It, it had some other subjects on it, not related to Democrats and Republicans. So that podcast uh, is a little bit mixed bag, and the description's probably not accurate uh, as to what you're actually going to hear when you. Uh, if it's my false advertising, I apologize. It was unintentional, and um, I'm f- trying to find ways to fix that. Uh, cats out of the bag a little bit. Um, I may be able to do some editing on that uh, to to uh, to steer you right. But uh, it was my attempt, the content that didn't get on there, to kind of examine the landscape today with the the politics. Fresh fresh off the press, the the ones I talked about, those would be next in line. We talked about those with Jerry about Jerry. Uh, message in a podcast, Advertising in Thunder. My friend uh, called, emailed me back, and she's a, a renowned copywriter. Well, she's in her own circles of advertising, and she's won many awards, and I'd like to have her on as a guest. We're going to find out. We're going we're gonna to look at that more into it a little later on. That one also has Buckles making some appearance. Uh, which I'm trying to remember where what he was doing there. Um, I think he's ta- oh he's well, he's talking about he <laughs> that's that's important that's actually the the crux of this. He's he's meeting with Rodney Quince uh, and I've met Rodney, but Rodney's the European ad director for Buckles Brannigan, 
and it's his leather care product line. They discussed directions on marketing, new entries into the European market, including testing the messaging in select geographic areas. So that's kind of um, what the crux of it is. He has him on. Uh, guy also goes, uh, he's in his studio uh, on during a raging, raging thunderstorm, walks out to the porch, I believe. And, uh, you know, you can check that one out. Uh, I think that, I think these are all kind of like pretty good entries, if I do say so. And then more recently, then and now, Pinkerton Days, uh, Pinkerton Days, my story about the Pinkerton uh, security company, Pinkerton Detective Company, Detective Agency. Uh, they were instrumental during the Old West, um, and uh, they were uh, a presence when I was working in corollary to that, uh, working for the Pinkerton Security Company in um, in Pawtucket, Rhode Island, Central Falls, Rhode Island, in the eighties when they were a one of the also ran uh, kind of uh, security agency. Uh, not also ran; they were probably the premier at the time. Uh, they had a good run. Pinkerton had a good run. Um, and uh, I was a rent-a-cop, as you would call it. Was I was a security officer where I would punch the clock and do all those fun things that you do. And it's about my antics. It's an antic-y kind of show. I get into my little uh, boredom romps uh, and having fun with a forklift. And, you know, it's not very cool things to do. Well, uh, I guess cool to your friends uh, who would be uh, witnessing it and goofing on it. But uh, at the time, being a uh, 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 being in my early 20s, I had a sense of adventure at least. Um, but in, in, all, in any event, because uh, I was 22 at the time when I was a security guard, and it seems so long ago, um, it's just a flick of a flick of a... Uh, Flick of a switch, actually, a flick of a, a flick of an eyebrow, um, and a blink of an eyebrow. That's the expression. There you go, guy. You hit it. You hit it right. Uh, and or a blink of an eyelash. Oh golly, will you just keep going on and on and on? There's the British lady again. Okay, can I just? Okay, I'll be quiet. I'm so sorry. No apologies necessary. No apologies necessary. Anyway, that's the story there with uh, that show. And then I talk about Bill and Tony's cape extravaganzas to the cape, you know, where and w, in the, the world of WWCT, Barnstable, Massachusetts. Uh, so those stories interplay with each other as a good relationship, I think, with... Uh, with the WCT broadcasting and having a little bit of fun. Bill and Tony were uh, friends growing up, uh, the Brodas, and uh, except it was PLM that uh, kind of like, WPLM changed the whole course of perspective. Um, it, was a, uh, it was a breath of fresh air musically, uh, sonically. Uh, it was more, more listening to the announcers than anything. Um, but the way the announcements and the promos for the station were pretty, um, pretty right on. 
right on. It's like a like a it's like your map in the restaurant, your your menu map that has all the menus, all the the businesses all around it, and you get a sense of the whole community just from that piece of paper. So you get a sense of the whole situation with WPLM FM out of Barnstable, which was changed. No, I'm just kidding. It's it works right well with WWCT FM Barnstable. Uh, they couldn't get the BT uh, call letters that were being used by a college radio station, and it's it's a fun little thing. I think it can be something you might want to check out if you haven't already. And then we're, we're very finally in the later later show here, of course, the glint of hope, imagination, and retail, and my explorations with frustrations with not being able to get a mountain bike when I want to get it, um, that I, um, that I, uh, I, I put off other, other activities to, uh, that I will put off, I should say, activities to, to, um, in order to focus more on my mountain biking. And it was, seems to start to be taking up a little more of my time uh, the, the, just the anticipation of it. And the show also got, gets into, uh, also the, the, some of the more, um, overview aspects of, of, uh, our world's resources. But I come back to my bike, you know, um, it, it's something I'm longing for. Uh, um, is that what I want to do kind of thing, but I know I do. And then the frustrations, of course, with the retail big box stores and their relationship with their vendors and vice versa. So I re I am hopeful that the bike that I'm going to want, that I want is the bike that I'm going to get. And, you know, I think, uh, I'll be a happier, I'll be a, I'll for sure be a happier camper. And that's the lineup. That's the synopsis of our month-end review, in this case, of August, because I had a pretty busy half of August. My half of August was very activity with the podcast world. Um, I, I was podcasty. I was a podcasty guy. Um, and, um, I like being a podcasty kind of guy. It's kind of cool. Um, uh, that reminds me of, uh, Joe Character. Joe Character is going to be coming out. I think that's his first name. Let's develop him more. So we'll work on that one. We'll work on other things, other aspects of the show. I'm confident that we're going to have some pretty good shows coming up. Uh, they're in the back queue. Uh, somewhere um, and uh, in, a, in a dark and lonely space, but they're going to kind of like expose themselves very soon. Uh, they will um, they will emerge as actual content. I like having content, don't you? This is Talk Me Some Art and Other Stories. Hi, I'm Buckles Brain again, and I want to tell you about a great, great product for leather care. It's called Buckles Brannigan Saddle Soap and Leather Conditioner. And you know, it's really the best product out there for your leather goods. Your shoes, 
your handbags, your coats, and, of course, your saddles. I like it, and I use it, and my name is on it. That's how much I like it. So you want to go and use this product. It's easy to apply. It's all natural. It's got silicone. It's got great product that is added to it to make it just better and overall easier to use. And the results, the results are stellar. So you want to try this. Buckles Brannigan Saddle Soap and Leather Conditioner. Just go to BucklesBrannigan.com for more information.